poids. Welcome to the show. This, this is our view from, from the bench. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Brendan, the bell ringer for the local spelling bee. And I'm Corey, the backup kick holder, and happy Friday. Happy Friday, man. Made it to the week. Another one has survived. How was your week, dude? Chill. Today was pretty busy. Got a lot of stuff done. Went swimming, did some weights and stuff, so feeling good, man. Feeling good. You, have, you had a couple of days off because you worked this weekend, right? Yeah, I was actually off Tuesday and Thursday this week because I have to work nice. tomorrow. Uh, it was good. I got a few things done. You know, laundry, oil change, adulting when you're not working on the fun days. <laughs> Gym tan laundry, got you. Yeah, you know, the good stuff. But, uh, yeah, now i uh, got to work this weekend. We're doing a number change event on Sunday. So some players are doing, like, some meet and greet stuff. So, yeah, so I'll be uh, hmm. doing that this weekend. But this week is officially over, and we are back to, uh, you know, recapping some football. That's right. Our favorite thing. Well, my favorite thing. <laughs> uh, we've got already one game in of week two down. Uh, we had the Thursday night game already happened it was between the eagles and the vikings uh it's actually a close game even though most times it seems that uh kirk cousins isn't great in prime time he was actually fabulous yesterday and uh the vikings lost by well one score again yeah we talked about that when the season started when you did our season preview you talked about how last year they were i think it was 11 and something in one point game something like astronomical 11 and 1 okay 11 and i knew one. it was insane um so now they're already 0 and 2 in one score games in the first weeks of the season so the balance has already started to swing back the other direction um I just, I, as a person who picked the vikings to win the division this is not a good start this is definitely not what i was looking for no, it's uh, Kirk is actually eleven and nineteen now in prime time. Uh, not all with the Vikings, uh, but yeah, not the start either of them were looking for. But like I said, he actually did good. So I guess it, statistically, it's a good start. That's no way to win a football game. Uh, and you could see four turnovers to one. And they only lost by six. Yeah, true. Uh, That's a very good point. I didn't think about. Yeah, the turnover battle is huge in this game. They obviously yeah did not take care of the ball, but it wasn't like you said. It wasn't like Cousins was the one throwing picks all over the place, which he normally would do in these big prime time games. So him as an individual played well, but them as a team did yeah. not. And ultimately, like the short turnaround going into a Thursday, the first week or the second week of the season, also is probably hard, but. If you're Minnesota, you got stunned and beat by Tampa Bay at home last week, and now you go that on was the road. The bad one. Yeah, now you go on the road and you don't win either. Now you're zero and two after the first what five days of the season because you played two games in five days. That is yeah. not the start that you're looking for. Which again, it's it's very early. There's still 15 more games for them to play, but you got to start thinking: what if they are like really bad after the first five or six games? Do you think they have to think about moving Cousins? Well, if they do, I know there's going to be plenty of suitors. But I, I wonder if they're doing bad. I understand that, you know, coach, quarterback, like there's there's tiers of responsibility. But, like, let's just say he replicates and they keep losing or he gets close to replicating. Maybe he's not perfect and throws for one interception or something like that in a game or two. Like, when you look at the stat line, there's zero Almost zero. He did lose a fumble. I don't. I didn't see it. I, I started watching about the second quarter, and I think, and I was watching intermittently, uh, so I didn't see how he fumbled. I don't know. I know he got sacked twice. I don't know if it was on on that or or something else. But um, one fumble. I mean, 
no picks. Like you can't blame everything on him just to trade him. I understand that's maybe where they would go, but I don't know, dude. Like I guess they'd have to see who led to such a downfall. If he yeah. did play a big role, okay. But if he's sitting here doing stuff like this, man, I don't know. Well, I think it, I, I just, think you put it in the air. I think the question has return, to I be guess, at least but... asked because he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season too. So if they get off to a rough start. And they don't know if they're going to be able to keep him. Do you have to think about maybe getting rid of him to get something? Okay, I see why you're saying that. I didn't realize his contract was up at the end of the year. So, yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, ask him. I mean, (laughs) does he want to resign? Do they want – do you know what I'm saying? Like, not ask him, like, what do you think we should do? I mean, in the sense of, like, do they have a – do they want him back? Yeah. If if it's not his fault. Like, let's pretend he has similar standlines to this and it's not his fault. Do they want him back? Because I would feel like this is not on him. I, I I wouldn't be able to blame it on him. Again, I didn't watch the entirety of the game. And if he does want to come back, I guess maybe stick it out. But to your point, there's going to be teams that want him. Because I could, I mean, there's a team in New York that just lost a quarterback to an Achilles injury. That Absolutely. would probably give up a lot to get him. Right. Because I think as much as I don't think he's nowhere near as good as Aaron Rodgers, obviously. But he's a very, very serviceable quarterback in the NFL. And better than Zach Wilson is currently. Maybe not what Zach Wilson will ever be, but better than he is currently. I think? Yeah, for sure. And that's why I'm asking like it's now okay cuz the Rams got off to a one no start. So now the, the discussion is, oh, maybe they have a chance, maybe they won't be traders at the deadline. But now Minnesota's 0 and 2, so maybe the story changes to them that maybe they'll have to be sellers and thinking about something more long term or thinking about options to open up the option to have more options down the road, I should say with Jefferson there and now Addison Reed and the, as the wide receivers, but more like thinking more like quarterback down the line, what are we going to do? Yeah. By the way, how the heck do they do that? How do you have um, Chris Carter and Randy Moss? And then just like maybe one generation goes by and then you get Justin Jefferson and what seems to be like a really good start to Jordan Asson. Jeez, good job. We know we give the Steelers a lot of props for drafting wide receivers. I'm going to give a little bit to the Vikings there because talent. I mean, it's hard to miss on Justin Jefferson. That dude was insane, but still. Yeah, no, couldn't be more. Yeah. Um, moving on, though, from football, we're going to break it up a little bit, getting into some basketball news because mm-hmm. there was actually some new stuff that kind of came by recently, uh, some rule changes that were passed uh, this past week for the NBA you want to start running a couple of them down or at least maybe give me your thoughts first? Yeah, so so the basic concept of this rule change or this thing that they're doing is trying to get players to, one, play more games, and two, not sit out multiple games or at least road games, especially where fans pay to go see these guys play and then they're sitting on the bench. And like I know the case that always comes up last year is I believe the Warriors went to New Orleans twice on the road, both on the second night of a back-to-back. So they didn't play Clay, Steph, or Draymond in either of those two games, but it wasn't nah. against New Orleans. It was just it was the second night of a back to back, and Steve and them are you know trying to make those guys last the whole season. So it was more of just oh, a bad man. scheduling quirk for them. But ultimately, that's, that's what the NBA is trying to avoid. Is especially the big one is is they're trying to avoid it on the all like the national broadcast games where it's ESPN, TNT, where everyone in the country is watching, and then they see oh multiple players not playing again and resting. Yeah, it's a big problem, man. Honestly, I I liked that players would play all the time. Michael played 82 games like for most of his career. I know Kobe played as much as he could unless injuries were holding him back. Um, So I do believe that it should be out there. I know we're all afraid of the injury bug, but 
what happened then? We had less trainers. We had less science, less all that stuff, recovery methods, and they were getting hurt. Seems like less. It was also more physical. People are like yep. literally punching people, and and now everybody just gets hurt because of everything. It's just I don't know. I say get back on the court, and I like that the NBA did something about it. Yeah, so, they're out, ultimately the they're at least trying to do something. Yeah, the first rule that is on is the uh, no more than one star player is unavailable for the same game. So if you have two stars on your team. Um, you can't sit both in the same game. Um, there is an exception, but as an example, well, let's just use the regular example. The Clippers wouldn't be able to sit both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in the same game. They would need to alternate sitting so that one of them is at least playing for the fans that show up. What you got for rule number two? The second part is is they have to ensure that even if those players – are that, that the players have to be available for the national TV and the in-season tournament games because obviously this new in-season tournament is a big ordeal. There's a lot of money behind it, I'm sure. So they want to make sure that everyone is available for those games. And I think that the schedule, the way they placed it within those first couple weeks, that everyone's going to be prepared ahead of time to know when those games are, when they matter, when they count. So I think it'll be no big issue to try to get it figured out the first batch. To like plan for it. Yeah, exactly. Saying, right. Okay, cool, cool. Agreed. I think that I think that that's coming out now. It gives teams, to your point, time to to plan. Yeah, you know, and try to map out their season with the alternates like that. So, uh, third rule: teams must maintain a balance between the number of one game absences for a star uh, for a star player in home games and road games, with the preference, obviously, for the absences to happen in home games because the home fans will have more of an opportunity to see them. Uh, I actually like this one too, man, because there's not a lot of times that Giannis is coming out of town. So if I buy tickets for the Bucks game and that's on a back-to-back and Giannis is sitting, that sucks for me. I mean, I'm not trying, it's mostly for the kids in my opinion, but also for the paying fans and like us. Yeah, exactly. And that's the whole point. They want, if you have 41 home games, then the fans that live local there have 41 opportunities to see you possibly play. If you sit out of five or six of those home games throughout the season, that's still over 30 games they could possibly see you in person. But, you know, the Bucks only come to L.A. once, well, twice to see both L.A. teams. But they only play the Lakers you know, one time in L.A. <laughs> they only play in L.A. one time. They only play in Golden State one time. So those games where they're only here one opportunity for the whole season, we want those to be the opportunities for more fans to see you besides just your home base. Agreed. Exactly. Side note, I, it used to be a nice way, actually, for L.A fan basketball fans to watch other teams come at a discounted rate is to get to go watch them play the club but that's not the case anymore they built a decent team and now they like charge a bunch of money and stuff all that and they're about to be in a new stadium so that's gonna definitely be out the window yeah very true very true moving on there's two more rules basically that are in it teams must refrain from any long-term shutdown or near shutdown when a star player stops participating in games or plays in a materially reduced role in the circumstances affecting the integrity of the game an example, long-winded, is like Luka at the end of the year. The Mavericks technically had an opportunity to make the playoffs. However, if they make the playoffs, they lose their pick in the lottery. If they miss it, they keep it. So because Mark Cuban's not an idiot <laughs> and he understands that even if they get in the play-in tournament as a 10 seed, most likely nothing's happening. Yeah. Let's take a top 14 pick instead of falling out of it. Uh, it might have even been that they needed to be in the lottery to keep their pick That's, for a trade, yes. possibly. 
that was the case. Right? It was the it was the Jalen Brunson deal, I believe, when he signed. The part of that whole thing was if he went there, they would get a draft pick if at a certain level or whatever. But they swapped picks, I think, is what it was. But since theirs ended up in the lottery, it was protected and they were able to keep it, so they didn't have to lose it. Gotcha. So I understand that too. Um, I also understand why Mark Cuban did it. And oh, I think absolutely. He only paid a um, money fine, like a fine. So to him, basically, it's just the cost of doing business. Yep, absolutely. And the last part of this rule is that even if the players that are healthy are resting in the sense for the game, they need to be present and visible out to the fans. So they need to be sitting on the bench, not up in a suite. Um, not in the locker room. Like get, unless, well, yeah, unless they're absolutely needing to get treatments a really bad injury. But if they're just resting, they need to be out on the yeah, bench no. and visible. And, right. You know, leave, you know, do some autographs walking up and down before you get down in the, into the tunnel, but at least be visible to the world. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I think that overall, this is actually like a really good thing for the league. I think that I wish that they did take some time to, um, look at the schedule more, you know, because you and I were talking before this, we believe that it'd be beneficial. Well, for sure for the players, but also for like probably the quality of the games played. If they took it back, maybe like 10 games, yeah. it doesn't have to be a lot, but take it back like 10 games. Um, but the way that they see it, and I guess have mathematically calculated it out. which obviously goes towards player salaries. We saw a stat that uh, 45%, nearly 45% of the salary cap is based on um, how much is projected to bring in from basketball-related income. Uh, so I guess it benefits everybody all around to keep it, um, but I still think that they're just kind of tweaking rules in order to in- avoid losing money. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think like it's just... When you think about it, like we talked about, if they cut it back 10 games, that would be great, but the money is such affected at that point that it screws everything up. And just think, too, they're going to also possibly expand to two more cities in a couple of years. So adding two more teams into this rotation of a schedule and trying to jam it all in is only going to make mm, it more complicated. So, yeah, okay. I mean, maybe going backwards at some point. But the part of the problem is, is nobody's going to ever agree to that on both sides completely because the contracts that are already agreed upon between players and teams – would have to be reconfigured, mm. and those guys yeah, and those like altered those somewhere. players are never going to want to give up money just because the league is reconfiguring. There's less games. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a very good point. Um, there are a couple um, extra side notes to these rule changes. We for the YouTube audience, uh, you saw if you're listening on Spotify, check us out on YouTube. Uh, just search our view from the bench. Um, that way you can kind of see some of those visuals that we're showing you. Uh, you don't have to look it up yourself. Uh, but there's a couple more rules here um, kind of for it. Uh, we got a little bit of information about the fines that are noted and kind of like what the definition of a star and who they consider to, to you know, be in this um, area with two stars. Uh, so the violation um, – the new rules, teams would be fined $100,000 for the first violation, $250,000 for the second, and a million dollars more than the previous penalty for each additional violation. So the more they continue, it's starting to just be mill on mill on mill. Don't do it. Yeah, don't, don't do, do it. it. Don't do it. And looking at the rule, the way they define like who a star is is the fact that they had to have made an all-star team or an all-NBA team in any of the last three seasons that they played in. So – Obviously, there's going to be teams 
that have multiple stars that are going to be included. But one of the weird things about those rules that we talked about earlier was that there's like exemptions for if you, you know, over a certain age or played so many minutes. So of course LeBron falls into that category. So the Lakers technically, I know they're going to just be so, Oh, it's a rule for LeBron. You guys just made it for LeBron James. He gets everything. Dude, he's breaking the rules to the sport. He's breaking the rules of age in this way. The game is played. Okay. Like let's, let's just give him a break. break. So him and AD technically are both stars, but because LeBron is exempt from this rule, the Lakers could bench or not play LeBron and AD in the same games. Now, I don't think they'll do that. I think ultimately LeBron, like we talked about earlier, wants to play in as many games as possible. So I think they'll stagger AD and him if they have to, but I don't think very rarely if they're, unless they're both hurt for some reason, uh, will they both be out of the same game? I would think they're going to alternate. We talked about back-to-backs. The Lakers have 15. So if they're not going to let AD play in back-to-backs, he's going to miss 15 games right there. So maybe LeBron misses the other 15 on the first half part of the back-to-back or oh, vice okay. versa, yeah, depending on who the opponents of. are. Yeah, or we uh, actually are exempt. So who cares? Why don't we just set them whenever we freaking want? That's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> um, but anyway, so teams, there's about, I think there's half the league, 15 teams have uh, either somebody like uh, who has made the All-Star or an All-NBA team in the previous three seasons. The Celtics, Sixers, Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, Suns, Kings, Grizzlies, Bulls, Cavs, Bucks, Hawks, Heat, Timberwolves, and Mavericks. So, yes, 15, half the league. Um, and as you, I mean, for those who follow basketball, uh, you probably know who those are. What we will do, though, actually, I'll, I'll do something. I'll post on our Instagram, uh, breaking down what each of those teams, who those team stars are and uh, things like that. So go check us out there as well. Uh, but I mean, obviously we kind of are in it, but we're out of it. What do you think about all this? I mean, like we talked about, I think ultimately it's a good thing. The league is trying to get these people to like actually be on the court and be, you know, present and not just take it like this. The rest management has been out of control. I know pop started it back in the day with good intentions and ultimately it would work because they would make the playoffs and then win in the playoffs. Win. A lot of these guys and these teams that do it, especially the Clippers, who are like the worst team at it, don't ultimately show yeah. up or do anything in the playoffs. And I know there's already been clips of Ty Lue talking this season about how next year, I've already told Paul and Kawhi, like, we got to go into this season differently and think about the regular season for real. We can't just be like, oh, we'll, you know, play whenever we want and show up in the just playoffs. be like a four or five seed and yeah. we'll just make a deep run. Like, yeah. It's not that easy, especially in the West. No, especially the in the West, West is not that out of easy. control. It's lit, so you can't just you can't just skate through the first part. No, yeah, I think absolutely. it'll be good. I think it'll be good. We have some new additions. We as in the Lakers, and by new I mean uh, new long term additions. Yeah, there you go. That's what I meant. Jared Vanderbilt getting his cash, man. Getting paid. Hey, it's a good deal. I think uh, I think for all parties involved, I think the Lakers get a good deal for. I mean, it doesn't kick in for a year, so I think he's still getting his five million this year, or whatever it is, but. Mm-hmm. If something for some reason doesn't work out or you need to move him, it's an easy contract to move. It's not an out-of-control number. Uh, he gets some security finally after his like rookie deal, getting some real money. And if he can stay here long enough uh, and actually work with Phil Handy on his handles and his shooting, especially his corner threes, which if he can hit a corner three at 30 to 35% compared to what he's hitting now, he's going like to – then I think 20. ultimately if that's the case, then this contract maybe is even a steal for the Lakers in the long term. Okay, and you and I talked about it before, and I am not as high on it as you. I'm as high on Vanderbilt, but I'm not as high on this unless he does develop that little bit of offensive game. He just needs to be 
not left wide open. That's all. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's pretty much all. If he can just be, if he can improve the offensive end, I think this is a steal. And I agree with you. For $12 million a year, it's not much for a great defender at a young age uh, who's a great, like, team guy. Seems like a lot of people like that. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. He seems like a nice guy. Why Why wouldn't you like him? Um. So, yeah, I agree as long as my, my small caveat, little asterisk is let's get that offense up to be at least where they're not like, Go ahead. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, no, we needed a little better than that. So if he could do that, I'm on. And with the team he's on now with the Lakers, they're so deep this year. There's not going to be as much pressure on him or expectations of him to go out there and do that all the time. So, like, I wouldn't even be shocked if he's on more of the second, even third team for the beginning of the season until they kind of get their flow together and figure out what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But with his defense, if he keeps playing hard, you know, Ham's all about defense and getting stopped. So worst case, he's going to yes. be on the second squad. And I will give it to him. I cannot. That's exactly and that what keeps him his job because he's really good at it, and we need it. Defense yeah. is key. Even though you can barely play defense anymore, it's still important. So, <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, we couldn't outscore Denver, so we're going to have to start defending him. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know how necessarily Vanderbilt's going to stop Jokic, but you know we'll figure that out when we get there. <laughs> Come on. He could do it. He could do it. We have team, to triple team, team him. Honestly, team. dude, he has to. Yeah, because team he's so freaking good. Team defense, honestly. 100%. <laughs> Couple more additions uh, to some new teams, not to ours, but to other teams. Uh, well, one's kind of returning. You kind of reminded me. Yep. Boban heading back to Houston on a vet minimum. Um, you were what? Do you, what? You, go ahead. Tell us your thoughts on this one. Well, I think it's just good because there's a bunch of knuckleheads that are a young team in Houston. There's nobody in that locker room hey. that's you know keeping them straight. Even I think uh, Danny was it Danny Green that was there for like a short period of time or somewhere where he said there was a lot of young kids, or maybe it was Memphis he was talking about. Yes. But, Still, this is kind of, if you think about it, kind of similar to that situation now with the KPJ situation that's going on off the court. Um, but they just there's a bunch of kids there in Houston, and they need somebody to just kind of, one, kind of keep them guided in the right direction. And Boban is such a – everybody loves Boban everywhere he's been. He's been like the team locker room guy. He keeps everything light and everybody on their – you know, like on a good vibe. So I think that it's just a nice, nice veteran presence in the locker room at this point. I can see that. My first reaction when you told me was like, cool. cool. <laughs> um, I'm, he's probably not going to play much. Nope. When he does, it'll be garbage time. Um, but I hear your point. I hear what you're doing. But do, does he do those things? I don't know. I haven't ever heard like, oh, man. I've never heard anything bad about him. And I love his commercials with the goldfish and uh, Tobias Harris with that little thing that he had with um, with Harris. Um, but I don't I don't really know. I, I seem to like the guy. He seems kind of fo- cool. He was in John Wick. Uh, so that's cool. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just curious to see, like, is he that vocal? Because he's obviously he's a foreign player. He speaks English, obviously. But like, how well how well is he relating to these guys? I'm hoping that he is that person. And that I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it's a good thing. And it's kind of a similar uh, signing as the other one that we're going to talk about, which is another big man, too, which is JaVale McGee signing the bet minimum to go to Sacramento, which Mike Brown is the coach. Mike Brown was in Golden State. Uh, not necessarily at the same time that uh, McGee was, but knows the system that they're trying to run in Sacramento. So I think it's, again, a veteran presence that makes sense, but he's going to have definitely more playing time than Boban in Houston. But yes. uh, I mean, it's also going to be a big thing for Sabonis because Sabonis looked so bad in the playoffs last year. Thank you. So when I first heard this one, this is the one I liked. I think this is a completely underrated signing. Um, I think this is exactly what Sacramento needs because they looked out of place against uh, Golden State, and Golden State just has loony. Can you imagine if they're trying to get past anybody 
a little bit deeper than right. that, like the Jokic's or Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis handled Kevon Looney, and Kevon Looney handled the Mata Sabonis. So, okay, maybe not handled, I, uh, but Sabonis did not look good to no, me in, that, in that thing. And I think he's a little bit overrated, in my opinion. Um, I think he's living off a little bit of the name. He's extremely talented. Let me not twist my words. I do not think he's not good at basketball. I just think people give him a little bit more hype than I think he deserves as of now. Um, maybe. But yeah, I think he's the guy that gets them the rebounding and some defense. And yeah, yeah. hopefully, ultimately, ultimately teaches Sabonis to play a little bit of defense because Sabonis plays zero now. So if he can play two percent, that would be an improvement. But I think just maybe even more of a team defensive scheme and knowing where to be and what and how to help out of the other guys would be more of a, a beneficial thing. And McGee, obviously, he's played in multiple title teams, uh, knows what he's doing at this point in his career, and is more of just. I guess he's kind of like Dwight Howard was the first time when he was with the Lakers, well, second time with the Lakers when they won the title, is where he's still good and he can still contribute, but he's ultimately not going to have to play a lot of minutes, and there's not going right. to be a lot of expectations of him chipping in way beyond his like normal, just a couple points, couple rebounds, your energy, get them going, feeling good early, especially if you're starting off on, on the team, and then keep the bench light and keep everybody like you know involved in rooting and paying attention, essentially. Yeah, I'm sure he wouldn't have any problem with it. They were teammates and probably friends and stuff. But Dwight Howard's way better than JaVale McGee. Oh, yeah, his ultimate so, career, yes. Wanna... But I'm talking about in that place and yeah, time. If you clear. if you look at the 1920 yeah, okay. season. I mean, same role, sure. Yeah, sure. yeah I get yeah. what you're saying with that. But okay. I'm not that, saying. I just want to be clear. Yeah, I'm not saying JaVale McGee Howard is better than Dwight Howard in his career. That is definitely not what I said. <laughs> okay. Um, keeping it with keeping it with basketball, though, we uh, we found something fun. You found something fun, actually. Uh, sent it to me. It was an interview uh, where uh, well, Steve Ballmer is with Paul George on who's who's that? Whose show is that? It's on Paul George. I think it's uh, Pod Pod Show P or Podcast P Show. I think is what it's called. It's his podcast. Oh, it's his show. show. Oh, okay. And he had Ballmer on, and they were talking about uh, like you know, just different things. And one of the questions they asked was about like your first game as the owner. And he said that Ballmer was talking about how he got really excited. And then at the end of the game, Doc was telling him like, you know, you know, you might want to calm down, man. He's got 82 games, 41 home games alone. Like maybe take a little easy. And then there's this clip right here. We're going to show you here in a second where Paul George does an impersonation of, or impression of uh, Doc Rivers. And man, he's pretty good at these things. He's pretty good. Let's check it out. I want to know, like, how P asked you about your first time having the team. Any learning moments you had when you first started? Yeah, I'll tell you one. So our first game was against OKC. I'm going crazy. Doc talks to me after the game. He says, you might want to save a little wear and tear on your vocal cords and your body. It's like, oh, oh okay, Doc. Otherwise, you'll talk like me. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. That's two, two good impersonations. I like the other one you did with Charles Barkley, too. Steve, you'll sound like me if you give if, if, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I don't know which one I like better, that one or his Charles Barkley. His Charles Barkley is pretty good, too. I personally like the Charles Barkley one better. It's hard because okay, maybe you know what? Maybe I need to hear a little bit more of it. He only said like a couple lines there. Yeah, I'd, true. I'd like to hear a little bit more. Maybe not as jokingly. Like let's because he was kind of already laughing when Steve Ballmer was telling the story. So, uh, but as of now, I'm gonna take his um, Charles Barkley impression because that was that was spot on. Yeah, I agree. The Charles Barkley one is so good. But and then at the end of the day, like when it's, not only is he doing the podcast and doing well, but does do we ultimately get to see like? 
Paul George retire and have just a bunch of impersonations he does of different players and referees or coaches and does like his own comedy Where, show. <laughs> maybe he already has the platform for it with his right? podcast. So, I mean, it's not like people aren't going to tune in, you know, it's a, he's a cool guy. Honestly, I have nothing against Paul George besides the fact that he plays for the Clippers. Yeah. Um, agreed. You know what I mean? Like I, I was rooting for Paul George when he was in Indiana. I had nothing. I wasn't necessarily rooting for him, but I had nothing against him when he was playing with Russ and OKC. It's just his most current stop that I just, uh, obviously will not applaud. Yeah, so. do your thing over there, man. Have your have yourself a time. Yeah, I know you grew up a Laker fan. Don't you try to freaking lie. Nope. Ain't nobody growing up around here. Okay, maybe Lauren. Shout out to Lauren. <laughs> she grows up. She grew up a Clipper fan. But other than that, there's very few. Very few. <clears throat> Switching it back though, back to my favorite. We can not talk about the NBA so much until it's NBA. Season, yeah, so you know it's hard I mean? to talk about it when they're not playing games yet. Yeah, so let's get back to uh, something that is, you know, a little bit sad. I kind of feel bad. Not a Jets fan, but no. I do feel bad for everything that kind of happened with Rodgers. Yeah. We, um, we, he posted this on the left side of his Instagram the other day. Uh, he's basically just kind of thanking everybody who maybe called him or DM'd him, texted him, yada, yada, just kind of tried to reach out. Uh, but he just basically feels loved, which is crazy because you know most of the time has something sarcastic to say uh but one of the crazy things that he said because a lot of people were wondering is this it or is this not now i'm not saying obviously this just happened so he feels like gung-ho about it but at the end he says the night is darkest before the dawn and i shall rise yet again so i don't know if that's figuratively or literally on the football field what do you think he means yeah, I think it's. I think that's him saying he's going to basically give it his all to try to come back next year. Uh, there's no guarantee. Yet, obviously, at 39 years old, trying to come back from an Achilles. Uh, I know. I think it was they were talking about Dan Marino or somebody back in the day that was after 30 and had their Achilles and then was just never the same after that. Uh, I heard Vinny Testaverde talk about it when he had his injury for the Jets, uh, also back in 1999, where you know you just you don't come back the same. You can throw the ball, but Thankfully, it's your it's not your drop back foot, so you still have the ability to throw, but the amount of ability you have to move around the pocket and stuff is not going to be the same. And he goes, and I was thirty five when I had it. He's you know thirty nine going on forty, so I think he's going to do all he can to come back. Uh, hopefully, he does, and I, I wish he, I I want him to. I don't want him to go out like this is the worst way for him to go Me out. Either. If that's not the even case. a Rogers fan, but no, I'm not either. I don't. I mean, he's whatever, but yeah, I don't want to see somebody that had this great of a career go out like that. That's not the way you want to see him go out. It's kind of similar to Kobe. Kobe tore his Achilles, and he played after that, but he was never the same. We all know he wasn't the same. So I just yeah. hope we don't get a oh that's used to be Aaron Rodgers if he comes back next year and it's just not the same. I saw an interview with uh, a doctor. Um, I forgot his name, but there was something that he was saying where it's actually not as bad, apparently, as like an ACL this late in your career, and that it might be. E- now, granted, he could be full of shit, um, <laughs> or he could be telling the truth. You know what I mean? I, I don't know, uh, but I I, I want to say he was on Pat McAfee's show, but if he wasn't, then I don't want to, you know, give any sort of if this guy's not being truthful i don't want to put that on pat mcafee <laughs> tries to run a stand-up podcast uh, which is really good by the way anybody who might want to watch it but ours is better um <laughs> but one of the quotes that i liked actually was it's sad to hear but it kind of just feels like how much rogers i think actually was kind of caring for this team and really wanted to like put his best 
best foot forward. That sounds kind of bad <laughs> to say, but um, there's a quote that as he was walking off the field, Garrett Wilson kind of heard him say, uh, it really hurt my heart uh, because he just told Garrett Wilson, sorry, kid. Yeah. yeah. Like, my bad, man. I wanted to be there and try to see what we could do this year. And sometimes just, stuff happens. Yeah, just uh, sometimes not meant to be. Uh, you know, it sucks, too, because obviously – Aaron Rodgers is near the end, and Wilson's just at the beginning of his great career winning offensive rookie of the year last year. So there's something to build yeah. on and, and to have a quarterback now that's like a Hall of Famer first ballot uh, and only get four snaps out of him, not really get an opportunity or chance. He got to catch a ball from him in preseason a couple weeks ago, Man. but that didn't matter. And now to lose, to, it's just I feel bad for the Jets to go on such a like build up and build up and build up of months of this, this Rodgers and Rodgers and hard knocks and everything else, and then four snaps into his career as a jet and he tears his achilles and it's out for the year just god yeah it's crazy it's nuts it's sad handoff income penalty incompletion season over Ugh. like didn't even like didn't even make complete nothing had nothing so um little cool part of the game that you found there's a video that's attached to it but after garrett wilson kind of builds up Honestly, besides the defense obviously holding them in, Gary Wilson did his job. He had a higher yeah. passer rating than like four hundred million dollar quarterbacks last year, so, <laughs> or last week. So um, he didn't do too bad. But after he did that, I thought it was really cool. Got a little small screen. He said, "It's off your shoulders now, man. It's off of your shoulders. Okay, you did your job. It's on them. You know, just trying to get them to relax, man. You know, R E L A X, like yeah. Aaron would say. Um, because, dude, it's just you could do this." He was the second pick for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. And and the fact that it's Alan Lazard who played with Aaron in Green Bay, he's a veteran, True. he knows. He went to the young kid and look, look, man, you did your job and you got us to tie this game up. Now it's on them to go out and try to win this game or take it from us. And ultimately, Buffalo didn't do that. They went to overtime and the Jets got a run back punt <laughs> and Crazy they run. get the win. Yeah. I actually saw... like teetering on getting cut or not oh. i've even recorded him um on hard knocks coming in uh just kind of they were like hey man you know we appreciate everything that you've done you've done a great job um welcome to the new york jets kind of like kind of like mini tricking him yeah he was just about to get cut and he had a really cool like way of going back he's like oh man i thought i had a long 20 minute drive out of here <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but yeah he was super stoked and up oh, dude i mean how much better can you refer i don't know if this is his first team i'm assuming it is yeah then you're like first game in the nfl and you have the after everything bad that just happened you your team sticks in it and then that's your that's like oh dude what a memory for him man that's yeah. so cool absolutely and cool. just a, a crazy way to end the game and and you know just an emotional roller coaster for the jets fans and everybody going through that game where you start off with so high it goes down so low and somehow zach wilson figures out a way to at least get them back in the game and get an opportunity for them to win uh it ultimately i think the jets are going to be okay for at least a couple of weeks but they're gonna they got a real big test next yeah. week when they go and play the cowboys <sighs> yeah i'm debating on whether or not i should play Brees hall that's just it they look so good i don't know if it was just the giants were so bad or if they were so good and that's why i'm nervous yeah especially because they're going to obviously be playing the run um they're not going to be trying to test you know aaron Rodgers out there they're it's just zach wilson yeah so, kind of nervous to play him but i have a feeling they lose i'm glad that they won last week because i have a feeling they roll into i mean it's at dallas i'm assuming yeah i believe so 
yeah, I have a feeling they roll down there. And I don't know if they lose 40 to nothing. Obviously, their defense is a lot better. But I I think I picked them. Uh, I guess, you know, that's a perfect segue then. I think let's see how King of Spreads is. And we'll see if I did pick them uh, for this upcoming week. We're going to start, however, with last week. Woo! I suck. Week one. Boo! <laughs> week one. Week one sucked. Hey that man, was trash. I got eleven out of sixteen. That's pretty good to start. Uh, you know, it's early. There's a lot of games, but uh, you know, we got a ways to go, man. This is one week. A lot of things can happen. I know, now but and... a four game lead, four game <laughs> lead is a big one. Honestly, I was sweating this zero percent over the weekend because all I was paying attention to was my freaking anytime touchdown bit. Oh yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I did not necessarily um, pay attention to this. I probably uh, should do better <laughs> this next time. So uh, hopefully I do. We can see here, seven. I had seven games correctly, unfortunately. Corey had 11. So I'm four behind. I'm four behind. Uh, but we do have week two here. What did I pick? Yeah, I off. picked Dallas covering the spread. Yeah, well, that makes sense. So what's what is the spread at at that point? Nine and a half. Oof. Nine. Oh, nine is what it closed nine. at. Okay. Closed at nine flat. Yeah. All right, that's not bad. That's not bad. There's a you know, there's a the, field goal on a touchdown. The uh, the Buffalo Las Vegas game. I went back and forth on that one. That's a nine and a half spread. That's a big spread. Uh, it's at Buffalo. You know, Vegas traveling over that's there. That's why I took them. But I just. For some reason, I feel like Vegas's defense is decent, and it's gonna. And, and Buffalo did not play well. And even though they're at home at Buffalo, and they were in New York, the Jets, so they didn't have to travel very far throughout the state of New York. Yeah. But having the short week on Monday into Sunday, just I don't know. I just got a bad feeling about it for Buffalo. Yeah, we will see. Uh, you, I mean, you. Yeah, we both have them. Oh, yeah, I took them. I just I don't feel comfortable with it at all. I, I debated oh, it man. back and forth. I'm not going to get much ground this week, if any at all. Oh, did we realize I only have one? Yeah, we picked them all. This is the only (laughs) one I have is is you picked the Jets to cover, and I didn't. Ah, son of a dang it! Dang it! Now I make up no ground. (laughs) Well, hopefully I get that one right. (laughs) Again, it's a long way to go, man. It's a long way to go. Maybe I should look at yours first and then just like start picking opposites so I can try to catch it. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm just well, it's only week one, man. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. You're right. So, yeah, I think the hardest one um, or the most fun one for me, though, I actually just picked it right before this, is the Kansas City Jacksonville one because, because I just don't know what – I know Kansas City's good. But I also have seen Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence, and they look good too. So uh, news was today, Andy Reid said that he's a go. He, as in Kelsey, is a go for Sunday. So we will see what that, I guess, has in, in store. But uh, before we get too carried away, uh, let's move on to the standings. As you can see, I suck. Yeah, well, if you want to feel a little better, uh, we could both add a loss yesterday because uh, that one sucked for us as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, true. So. Not not a good uh, first week for you because you're under 500. But again, it's only week one. We got a long ways to go. Yes, yes, very true. So hopefully I can catch up some other time. But hopefully at least uh, we all get a bunch right this time. I still want all the points. You know? I still <laughs> want to guess them correctly. I think I'm gonna do a touchdown uh, prop bet this week. You oh. want to? I'm open to, to discussion. One? Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Let's check it out. Let's check it out. So yeah, king of spreads. Dig it. I actually like this one. I need to do a little bit better for me to like it a little bit more. But 
either way, I like it nonetheless. Yeah, but it gives us something to, to even though we have our fantasy football that we do with our players, rosters wise, and then we have our individual teams that we like to root for, and now we have another spread thing that keeps us uh, a little more entertained and gives us some more, uh, you know, some more stuff to talk about here on the show. But our basic thing is getting ready for uh, week two of the NFL. Now that it's going to be Sunday, and we're going to get a full slate of games, and we have two Monday night games this week. Yeah, which is cool because, like I said, Monday's the worst day of the week anyway, so I'm good with one NFL football game, but this week we get two NFL football games. Um, I don't like any of the teams that are in it, but I don't dislike any of the teams. Let's take a look at this slate for week two. Uh, We're going to talk about three games highlight, then we'll talk briefly about the Monday night ones. Uh, New Orleans at Carolina and Cleveland at Pittsburgh. That's probably going to be a good one, actually, because Cleveland looked better. Last week against uh, Joe Burrow and Pittsburgh got wiped by San Fran. So hopefully uh, they're both trying to keep it moving or, I mean, Pittsburgh's trying to flip it. Yeah, you know, I I expect Tomlin and them to bounce back. Uh, They don't usually play that bad in a lot of games, let alone one. So I know it is Cleveland. Cleveland had a good game last week against Burrow and the the Bengals. But, you know, this is a division game. These teams know each other really well, which always just makes these games that much more important and that much more difficult to plan for and really pick. So – you know, New Orleans, Carolina is going to be a good one because at least it gets the number one pick, Bryce Young, on Monday Night Football for the first game. But by the time the Pittsburgh game starts, I'm swapping to that one for sure. I'm not sticking to the second yeah. game. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to pick the Monday Night games and the three games that we're going to highlight. If you want to pick score, you can. Uh, I'm taking Saints 27-20. Okay. I'm taking Cleveland 20-17. to 17. Okay, I will take at Carolina. Yeah, I'm still going to take New Orleans too, but it's going to be really low scoring. It's going to be 18 to 14. And then... Okay. Well, just like last week when they won 16 to 15. It's going to be weird, I'm telling you. It's going to be a weird season down there, no okay. matter how they win. And then Cleveland at Pittsburgh. I feel like Pittsburgh's going to bounce back. I think Pittsburgh's going to win. It's going to be ugly, and they'll win 14 to 10. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking low score. That's why I picked like 20 to 17. I think it'd be close. Field goal separation. So Okay, cool. Uh, the one other game that we wanted to highlight, like I was talking about a little bit in King of Spreads, is Jacksonville hosting Kansas City. It's a big game, Again, man. Andy Reid confirmed Travis Kelsey's back. Now, in what capacity? I don't know. He did have a funny video where he did that whole knee hop and then <laughs> twerk. So um, he's obviously in good spirits. You think it's uh, he's the difference maker he normally is this weekend? Uh, he's going to have to be because if they go down 0-2, and, and especially if Jacksonville beats them and goes up 2-0, then they have the tiebreaker on them in case it comes down to top seeds later in the conference uh, at the end of the season. So I expect Kansas City to bounce back. Chris Jones is going to play. I expect him to have a couple sacks and to make the defense like – understand why he was brought back and Coming what they back, were missing finally. without him. Yep. So that, But it's a very big game because, like I said, if they go 2-0 and 0-2 and – you know Jacksonville and Kansas City, like that. That could be a really long term thing that's going to hurt Kansas City trying to catch up at the back end. Especially since they would have just lost the head to head. Yeah. So if they did come down to a tiebreaker, uh, they're already losing yeah. head to head matchup. So it's going to be it's going to be tough. I on King of Spreads, I did take Kansas City. I believe the spread was three or three and a half. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to say Kansas City covers. I'm going to say they win. It's because it's going to be more of a shootout. These guys are – I mean, Jacksonville has an okay defense, and Chiefs are okay if, if Chris Jones is especially up to up to par. 
Um, as long as Travis Kelsey is somewhat healthy, I'm going to say like a 30, 35 to 28. I'll keep it at only touchdowns. For some reason, I just think Jacksonville is going to shock the world, and I think they're yeah. going to do it 28 to 17. Ooh, double digit win. I just, it's okay. their home opener. They want to know. Sure. There's a lot of excitement. I just feel like Peterson's going to have them ready from the coaching standpoint, and they're just going to they're going to do something that nobody's expecting them to do. It would definitely be a shakeup from uh, the way we definitely thought because we both have Kansas City as the top seed in the AFC. So yep. we're going to be a little behind on that prediction. Yeah. Let's move on, though. We still both Go have on. Jacksonville winning, playing, winning the division and make the playoffs, so we'll, I'll feel good about that. Very true. Very true. Moving on, though, to the other two games. Uh, I've picked Baltimore-Cincy. Uh, I'm super curious. Um, well, one, I really hope that they give Gus Edwards the ball because that's who I told my wife to pick up. <laughs> after the Dobbins uh, yeah. injury. But I'm um, curious to see how they do on the road. Uh, they opened against Houston and looked good, but duh, I guess is all we could say. They were a 10-point freaking favorite. So I, I'm, I'm, how good is is uh, is Baltimore? And then, or, yeah, and then did, did Cincy just have a bad week, or is this a terrible sign of things to come? So hopefully Joe Burrow and, and company get their ass on track. Uh, cause I have them winning that division. I know you don't. So you're probably thinking that the Ravens will take it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying since he squeaks one out, I'm going like a, another, like 21, 17. Oh, okay. And another one, it's a division, uh, opponent. And then if one starts two and oh, and over two on the other, that's a huge three game gap already after two weeks, essentially. That's yeah. not where you want to be if you're Cincinnati. No, no. And the other game that, so what uh, are you taking? Uh, what are you taking? To have Cincinnati. I think they're going to bounce back, even though I have Baltimore winning the division ultimately. I think Cincinnati will win. I think they'll score a lot. It'll probably be like 30 to 24. Okay. I like that score. I think that. Like you were saying, though, the Another other one, game, San Fran, yeah. LA. Yeah, it's a big game. Uh, I think a lot of people assumed, myself included, that the Rams were not going to be very good and they were going to lose to Seattle last week and then be 0 2 right off the bat here to San Francisco. Uh, they I looked, said L, L, back yeah. to back when you were asking me the other day. <laughs> exactly. So for them to take that win last week and have some confidence, it's their home opener. Uh, although the Niners, I believe, have beaten them nine of the last ten matchups, but the one loss was the NFC title game where the Rams went to the Super Bowl. Um, but still, I think Shanahan has this crazy offense in McVay. Even though they know each other really well, Shanahan tends to do really well against McVay. So. Yes. And it's regular season. I just feel like the Niners are so much better that they're ultimately going to win. But I think it'll be close early. I think it'll be something where they'll pull away late third, early fourth, and finally get tired. Yeah, they'll finally get some separation. And the offensive line for the Rams was really good last week, but that wasn't going against the Rams. This Niner defense. This Niner defense is different. Facts. So you're saying that they're going to have the opposite start or opposite game of what they did in uh, Pittsburgh because they started hot in Pittsburgh. They went up like 20-something to nothing, like quick. I remember they had a, uh, um, a graphic on the screen of total yardage at a certain point. It was San Francisco 199, <laughs> and the Steelers had one. Oof. Yeah, not good, so, not good. So yeah, I agree. I think the uh, I think San Fran takes it. I think they're the better team, um, even though it is here in LA. Uh, plenty of plenty of San Fran fans down here, and they're oh, yeah. willing to drive. It's just a drive down. It's not even. Uh, I mean, you saw when they were playing in that playoff game. There was a lot of red. 
Well, well part of that is so. is when the Rams left for the nineties and late nineties and for twenty years, the Niners were still kinda on the back end of their run and everybody in SoCal decided to be Niners fans instead. So for Unless twenty they years were Raiders fans. Yeah. So for twenty years all those people were Niners fans and now the Rams are back and all those fans have not changed the side. So it's hard not to get more. It's hard to get more Rams fans and Niners fans in that stadium when they're here. So I anticipate a fifty fifty at best, but I think the Niners come in and take care of business ultimately like thirty to 14. Yeah, that's what I, I was I was going to say 30 33 to like 23. Okay, that's pretty yeah, good for the Rams. That's double digits. 23. I'm, with, I'm with Yeah, because I think that um there's a lot of new there's a lot of new uh pieces and Cam Akers had a really bad game one. Sean McVay does know how to scheme even though Kyle Shanahan does too. So, I'm going to give Sean a little bit of props, especially since everyone's healthy besides Cup. Yeah, true. Yeah, Cup is. Uh, it sounds like Cup is uh, running at full strength now at practice by himself. So by week five, he sounds like he's on track to be back. He should be ready. He should be ready. I agree. Keeping it with football, but moving out of professional football, we have to talk about our favorite. Have to. Okay, maybe not our favorite team, but definitely our favorite team right now to talk about. Freaking Buffaloes, baby. Dion, back in the news again. Back in the news again. What did he do this time? Oh, well, actually, nothing. No, he didn't do anything. He's just minding his business, doing his thing, and now you got the Colorado State coach, which we talked about. The fact that you're even saying anything and bringing attention to yourself, you were Thank already you, you were already going to be beat so bad. And now that you've, as Dion likes to say, made it personal. So, I mean, I just don't understand poking the bear. What is the point of that? And that's exactly what his uh, son, not Shadur, but his other son said. Why are you – why do people insist on giving this material? Why keep poking the bear? Yeah. What the Colorado coach, uh, Colorado State coach said was, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother taught me in, in regards to Dion rocking his shades and his, uh, his uh, baseball cap. Um, I don't think Dion looks unprofessional. He carries himself very properly. He speaks well. So I don't understand, one, to your point, why adding fuel to the fire. But why make yeah. a comment even at all? Who cares the guy wears sunglasses? That's what we're talking about? Yeah, and that's the point. Like, if he's wearing – he's talking about I take off my hat and my sunglasses. The picture we have right here, he's wearing a visor. So I know he's not I mean, talking to any adult. He talks to grown I know. Yeah, I'm not right. not talking to an adult. But he looks exactly the same as what Dion said. Dion's got – a sunglasses on it's the only difference well who cares he's in coaching attire otherwise what the hell matters what accessories he has on thank you and dion uh looks freaking awesome all the time the okay he doesn't so, go outside so, not looking awesome yeah he's one you of those like people okay look at dude dion is stop just stop it yeah get some help like even even uh, but, Pat mcafee down here looks better Dude, he's looking fly <laughs> but that's so so to map to, to your point that's the coolest part though is that like People ran with it. Two things happened. One, you can see here, where's the sh- uh, he went to uh, the show. Uh, what was this? Oh, first, first take. take. Went on first take and brought everybody some shades. Everybody's rocking it. Pat McAfee looking fly rocking them. <laughs> it's only, again, nobody is with you on this one, dude. Leave him alone. Yeah. The second thing they did, I think you saw it, was they got they had the equipments team come into one of the big meeting rooms and they gave every single player a pair <laughs> of sunglasses. Uh, there's a. I hope there's a prop bet out on. Does everybody roll out of the tunnel with these shades <laughs> on? Because I'm betting yes. Yeah, they probably will be. 
Don't be shocked. I hope if, they're wearing hats too. Don't be shocked if all the student section is wearing big sunglasses. Don't be shocked if they're holding up a big sign that is just big sunglasses. Like it's it's gonna be all out and out. You poke the bear, like Good. we said, man. And what a dumb thing to poke at. Dumb. Why why are you wearing sunglasses and a hat? Stupid. Why not? <laughs> trying not to get skin cancer while his other coaching man he's wearing a hat leave him alone that's what i'm saying <laughs> jeez bro but i mean Dion, dude keep doing you man you know you don't pay attention to the haters obviously that's what i'm learning from you man don't pay attention to the haters just keep doing your thing yeah and, and again thing, he Dion. didn't poke or ask or start any of this this is just a preempt some unprovoked thing that this coach decided to bring up and talk about like it wasn't like they were talking about colorado state and bagging on them about certain things the way they do things Mm-mm. Dion wasn't talking about nope. them at all so the fact that nope. this coach did it just as dumb because now he's got the colorado team and everybody just more hyped up and ready to go um speaking of first take uh shannon sharp on his own podcast club shay shay he interviewed um he was interviewing – shoot, who the heck was he interviewing? Dang it, now I forget. <laughs> but basically he was uh, telling them that if he had heard this – oh, it was Chad Johnson. It was He was having an uh, interview with Chad Ochocinco Johnson, whichever one he goes by. <laughs> um, he was interviewing him. He said, you know what I would do if I was prime? I'm hanging 100 on him. I was like, Oof. why not? That – and you can you can even say because a lot of a lot of college football these rankings right okay you beat the team but how, how did you beat yep. the team how much did you beat them by well hundred <laughs> dude that would be insane if they scored hundred points my god triple digits hanging them on them Shador eight touchdowns you know what I mean Travis Hunter two picks one of them for a touchdown like dude it's just I don't know. I'm I'm going for him. I'm rooting for him. Hey, I definitely that'd be cool him. if they did it. I just that's a lot of uh, pressure and asking for them to do that. Yeah, well, luckily it wasn't prime because obviously <laughs> he's not an idiot. He's not saying that's what Shannon would do. I was the bystander, and I I give him props for it. I give him Heck props yeah. for it. So. Before we wrap up this one, we have uh, one of my favorite segments. Thank you. We're going with this week in sports history. This week in sports history. So this week in sports history, we have two again. I just can't stop it. Always. I can't stop it. <laughs> you know? There's too many good ones, dude. And remember, dude, every time I want to pick five, but I have to like narrow it down because each day has like a good one. So <laughs> I got to narrow it down to my favorite two of the week. Got to keep the segment normal. Um, on September 11th, 1985, this was obviously before the September 11th. Uh, Pete Rose of the Cincinnati Reds becomes the all-time hit leader with 4,192nd hit. He breaks Ty Cobb's record. Uh, he lined a 2-1 pitch off of the Padres pitcher, Eric Show. He hit a single to left field. Uh, it is the 57th anniversary um, of Ty Cobb's last game in the majors. What are the odds? Wow. That is kind of weird. Right? Kind of a weird time to also do it. So, um, yeah, it's kind of odd. Oh, obviously because the season was maybe at a different time or shorter. So this was the end. September would be the end. Obviously, we've maybe kind of gotten more. But, yeah, that thought was crazy. Wow, yeah. that's well, That makes sense. They played uh, 154 games back then. They didn't have spring training and stuff. They probably started, like, earlier. So that makes sense, the earlier time in the time frame. But, Man, 4,192 hits. That's a lot, dude. Whoa. It's a lot of contact, man. It's a lot of contact. 
Second one we have, September 14th, 2003. Uh, keeping it with football, I was just so freaking hyped about <laughs> talking about football. I had to find the football one. Jamal Lewis of the uh, Baltimore Ravens rushes for an NFL record 295 yards on 30 carries and a 33-13 to 13 win over the Browns. Wow. Five yards of 300. Dang it, bro. He couldn't get five more yards to hit that, that three right? mark? Jeez, Ugh. and you know what though? That's crazy because thirty-three to thirteen. It wasn't like they were in a a back and forth game where they had no choice. Like he, the game was in hand, so they were just able to just. All right, man. Well, we're just trying to run the clock out. Keep going. Get whatever you can. <laughs> they just couldn't stop it. Like, I mean, if they can't stop, <laughs> they, you yeah. don't stop. Then just keep running. Just like Forrest Gump. I could not stop running. Running, <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> That's a good movie, man. I actually haven't seen that movie in a minute. It's been a long time. So many good life lessons. But yeah, I mean, other than that, dude, that was a another good one. Um, getting into the heart of the NFL season, I like it. Uh, basketball talk is creeping up because I think we're like just over or just under forty days until the uh, first game. Yeah, uh, a lot of exciting stuff. Hockey's creeping up around the corner. So, yep, hockey. Uh, I believe uh, training camps and media day started this week for some of the NHL teams. Uh, we have our first preseason game. I'm working on the twenty fourth. That's right around the corner. So, oh, that's my dad's uh, birthday. Oh, nice. So we'll be celebrating while working a Ducks game for you guys if you. Uh, join us um but yeah that the it's right around the corner like you said basketball as well as camp starts about the same time and then before you know it, we'll be in uh, october for uh, october baseball for the fall classic and it just yes we'll have way too much to talk That's about these episodes time. are going to go from an hour 10 to an hour 45 real fast <laughs> yeah maybe maybe <laughs> but hey I hope everybody out there is enjoying it because I know that I am. Yeah, I am too. And Thank you all for watching. Absolutely. Remember to find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube by searching Our View from the Bench. Don't forget to also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at OurViewFTB. And then you, anything you got going on this weekend? Just working tomorrow and then that uh, number event change with uh, Mason McTavish on Sunday. Oh. He's uh, changing his number from his rookie number to 23. And then uh, they're going to have Alex Kalorn, who Jordan. just signed, and uh, Gudis as well, who uh, Kalorn's actually a two-time Stanley Cup champ. So I'm actually kind of excited to be Ooh. there and like see him for the meet and grab. Like, oh, shit, you got uh, your rings on nice. you? Like, you guys going to like, hang out and stuff after? <laughs> I mean, I'll try. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> but what about you, man? Time. Anything going on this weekend? Uh, it's my friend Andrew's birthday today. Happy birthday, Andrew. Shout out. Nice. Uh, so probably tomorrow we're going to go and hang out. I think it's also Celeste's birthday today. Shout out to Celeste. Uh, I also think we're going to maybe like dinner or something tomorrow. And then Sunday is a uh, football Sunday and Rocky actually has all the Sundays in September off. Oh, so we get to watch football together for September. Nice. So, uh, only a couple more weeks left, but I'll take it. Well, you know what? I don't have fantasy games against either of you this week, so good luck to you both in fantasy as well. Well, thank you very much, <laughs> and you as well. Um, other than that, though, thank you for seeing things from our view from the bench. I'm Brendan. And I'm Corey. Like we always say, enjoy the sports until we talk again. Peace.